Welcome back, homeschool CEO. Are you an organized planner or are you more of that fly by the seat of your pants kind of CEO? Chances are some of those same characteristics will translate into the way that you homeschool. Now, in today's episode, I interview Angie Askelson, and she's an online business manager, homeschool CEO, and systems master. She shares how to streamline your business and homeschooling so that you can reclaim your time and only focus on the things that truly matter. I know you're going to love talking with Angie as much as I did, so let's dive in. Welcome to the Homeschool CEO Podcast, the podcast dedicated to entrepreneurs who want to successfully homeschool their kids while running a profitable business. In this podcast, we'll reveal the truth of what it really looks like behind the scenes of an entrepreneur who homeschools and how to make it all work. If you're an entrepreneur who currently homeschools or you want to start, you are in the right place, my friend. With 16 years experience combining entrepreneurship with homeschooling, I'm your host, Jen Myers, and this is the Homeschool CEO Podcast. Welcome back, Homeschool CEO community. I am so excited today to introduce you to my friend, my favorite OBM, Angie Askelson, and she is the reason that Homeschool CEO has systems in place so that it can run flawlessly behind the scenes. And today we're going to be talking about how systems really help you as a homeschool CEO manage your homeschool, your CEO business, and your lifestyle. So Angie, let's introduce you. Tell us who you are, who you serve, all the good stuff. Sure. I'm Angie Askelson, and I am a certified OBM. I serve entrepreneurs who are just in their business doing all of the things, and they are starting to feel overwhelmed because there's so much on their plate. They need help managing their team. They need help streamlining their operations so that their business runs more efficiently. And I come in and we evaluate what they already have in place. And then we look for ways to make that more streamlined, optimize their operations, and just get everything running smoothly. We want to make sure SOPs are in place and just have everything available for their team so they can do their jobs well. That is so important. And you guys, when I first met Angie, I didn't have any systems in place. (laughs) I, she can tell you I was a hot mess. I was going every direction. I didn't know who was doing what. And she really helped streamline that for us. And what I learned, if you're anything like me, you know, I used to see that systems and schedules were this source of confinement. And I felt like it was this overwhelming burden. But what Angie showed me was really there's freedom in systems. Exactly. Right. I yeah. think you were the one that told me that, right? Like that it creates that freedom. So let's talk a little bit about what are the benefits of creating systems in your business and in your home? Well, I think one of them is that when you have systems, and I'm thinking in particular a project management tool right now, when you have that in place in your business, everybody knows what's going on. You have tasks assigned to people. So they know exactly each day when they come sit down at their computer, they know exactly what they need to do. They know the dates that they're, it's due by. It does, it gives you that freedom that you were talking about to just sit down, do your job, and then move on to the next thing. So I think, you know, by having those things in place, it does take time, but it's so worth it in the long run. I agree. So what made you get interested in having systems and schedules? Is it because of homeschooling your kids? Like, tell us a little bit about the backstory, the beginning of your journey. 
Well, I think truly I am just a lover of organization. But as we brought homeschooling into our lives and our oldest was in fourth, going into fourth grade when we started homeschooling, but I was homeschooling four kids and I was trying to volunteer in the community a little bit as well and do some of those things. And I just realized that without this routine in place, without systems and the way that we did things in our homeschool, I realized that I was going to become overwhelmed really quickly. So I started to just put things in place in our homeschool as far as like, you know, we had a routine. We didn't have a set schedule, like do math for an hour and then move on to English, but it was more of a routine. It was loose. So while schedules are great, I don't like to be rigid. I like to have kind of a fluid routine that we follow. Okay. So when we're talking about the difference between a rigid schedule and more of that fluid routine, can you talk a little bit more about the difference between the two? Because I can kind of sense some of our homeschool CEO moms listening going, okay, I'm going to implement this schedule and this is how I'm going to do it and getting stuck in that rigid side of it. So can you talk a little bit about the difference between the two? So I think a rigid schedule would be really like what you would encounter in like a school, public school setting where you have a clock that you're watching. And, you know, at 1010, you're doing the next subject. In our homeschool, like if we were up late the night before, I would let my kids sleep in a little bit later because I just feel sleep is super important. But we would get up and we always did like some, you know, we had breakfast or whatever. But once we dove into our day, which was pretty much right away after they had breakfast, we would start with math. We would tackle those tough schedule or tough subjects first. And then we would move on to the next one, kind of when you finished. So there wasn't a, you spend 45 minutes on math and then you have to move to the next subject, even though you're not finished with math. We took that time to really just delve into that subject for that time and then just complete whatever we were working on. So there wasn't this break in your mindset. You were dealing with math until it was done for the day. Yes, that is so important. I love that because you're right. Because then there's not that break in the mindset between what you're doing and the context switching between the different things. So then if we implement the systems and the schedules in our homeschool, what does that look like in our business? So how are they kind of parallel to each other? Yeah. And so I think it's kind of the same. You have your schedule that you follow in your homeschool, but then you just apply that to your business by doing the same sort of thing. Like I have certain days that I tackle different types of tasks that I need to do in my business. So like social media, that's on maybe Monday and I tackle that for the entire week and then social media is done. So I know when I sit down on Monday morning that that's what I need to do. I write my email marketing on Friday. And so I just know that that's the same thing. It's like, I just tackle it that day and I know what to expect on Fridays and I get that done. I spend what the time that I need to on that and then I move on to the next thing. All right. So do you use like the systems and scheduling and that kind of stuff with your kids as well? I know your kids are older now, right? How old are they? Um, They are 22 to 14. Okay. Yeah. Similar to my kids' ages. So are you using systems now with your younger ones that are still being homeschooled? Yes, we do. So one of the things I've implemented in our homeschool from the time when the kids were really little is each child had their own planner. And in the planner, they had a space for each subject. And when they were really little, I would write in those planners for them, like what they needed to do each day. And then as they got older, say like late elementary school, 
I started having them practice planning out their own schedules, but just writing and math. Math is really easy. You do lesson 12 one day, you do 13 the next. And so they kind of got used to doing their own planning, their own scheduling that way. My youngest one is going into high school this year, and now she plans everything. Like I, I still give her a planner, but she's now responsible. She's taken that over gradually through the years, and now she's responsible for her own schedule. So yeah, we still have schedules that they work on, but they're more responsible for them now than I am. So, and then that being said too, with everyone being home, we got out the old chore chart that we used to use when the kids were all living at home and everybody has tasks. There are, we have the number of tasks that need to be done in our home every week. And they each have, they sign up for the tasks, different tasks that need to be completed in the week to make our home run well. That is awesome. So are all of your kids planners and organized like you, or do you have any that are more of that chaotic, disorganized, hot mess like me? Yeah, we have a mixture. <laughs> okay. So as, as a homeschool CEO mom, how do you implement the systems with the child who is that chaotic mess versus the one who is naturally organized and wants to follow that structure like you? I think that's been a really big learning curve for me is just to how to kind of work with both styles. So obviously the the child who is the planner, I mean, I get her, she gets me, you know, she's on her own. I don't worry about anything with the other one who's a little bit more chaotic, you know, in her thinking or whatever. I've just come to realize that we are all different, you know, and we handle things differently. I have to be really clear on the expectations what needs to be done by the end of the day. And she's a college student now, so she's on her own, but she's doing great. She's figured out her own system. But when she was living at home, I just had to be really clear with my expectations. This is what's due by the end of the day. And she learned how to get that done. And we did have some bumps along the road where, you know, she wasn't doing a particular subject and I didn't find out about it till about a month later that she wasn't really completing it. And so the consequence of that was that instead of finishing school in May, she actually went through June with the one subject because it wasn't completed. And so, you know, those kinds of circumstances, I think, have helped her learn now that she's in college that, yes, there are expectations at the end of the day or at the end of the semester. And so I have to figure out how I get them done. So she's actually a much better planner when it comes to things like that now than she was as a child. But that is how we grow, you know. Yes. I always tell people like we grow more through the struggle than we do through the exactly. successes. And I, I was very much like that with my ch- children as well. You know, three of them are grown, but I remember watching them struggle with different things, but that's how they learn. And that's how they grew in independence and learning what would work for them. So I completely exactly. get that. So when you're dealing with business owners, what are the most common issues that you see coming up as far as implementing the SOPs? And for those of you who don't know what an SOP is, it's standard operating procedures, because I didn't know what that was. (laughs) So we can talk a little bit about that. But what do you see are the most common issues for business owners when you're going in and kind of looking at what's going on and what needs to happen? Yeah, so I think what I'm seeing most is that when I go into a business, a business owner is trying to do all of the things. And sometimes they just need a little help trying to identify what is it that that can actually be assigned to another team member. So I work with them on first identifying those tasks. And then I have them create like a video of themselves doing the task. And then we write an SOP and actually include that video link at the bottom of the SOP 
then when we have a team member, if there's already a team member in place, then we just maybe assign that task to that current team member. But we've also hired people to do some of these tasks as well. But then that team member has the SOP. It's all written out. And I mean, these are detailed SOPs. Click the button in the top right-hand corner of the screen. And so they can do those tasks just by reading the SOP. The video is a bonus, I think, because we're all different learners. And so if they learn visually, then they are watching the video as they're completing the task. And then, you know, after a team member starts doing that task, I'll check in with them, you know, how are you doing? Is there anything else that you need? Things like that. But the SOPs are a huge part of business that I'm finding when I walk into a business, we're creating a lot of SOPs just to try to remove those tasks from that business owner's plate. That is really fascinating. So could we create SOPs for our families as well, like for homeschooling? I think you probably could. Will they read them? I'm not sure. (laughs) Well, I interviewed one gal a while back who she said her one child needed video teaching. So what she did is she went through and basically did Zoom videos of herself giving the instructions. And then that would take her, you know, maybe 30 minutes every Sunday. And they would click like videos for them. And so I was thinking that's kind of like an SOP because that's how he would get his instructions was he would click this video and mom would be on the screen telling him exactly what to do in that lesson. So, right. That's kind of like an SOP. It is. And I think, you know, we're in the digital age for sure. And I think more and more all the time about how if I were to go back and my kids were young again, how you could implement like even a project management tool in your homeschool. And, you know, for the team members that I work with, I create videos all the time of different things that, you know, they need help with or they don't understand. I'll just create a quick video And then maybe if that's appropriate, we'll plug it into an SOP somewhere. But a lot of times it's just a quick video here, here, this is how you do it. And I think that would be a great transition into homeschool too, or, you know, just giving those instructions, this is what you need to do today, or, hey, here's this math problem and here's how you fix it, you know, or whatever. But I think there's a lot of really applicable, you know, things that you could do. Yes, yes. So with our homeschool CEOs, they are oftentimes doing all of the things. They're running successful businesses, they're homeschooling, you know, they're trying to make it all work and all be successful. So what is a couple of really basic suggestions you can make for the mom who feels overwhelmed by running everything? What can they do to start implementing systems and processes? Yeah, and I think it really depends on your kids' age, how you handle your schedules. But I think, you know, I always enjoyed getting up before the kids got up so that I could just kind of start my day fresh without chaos in the beginning. So I think that that's really important. And then I think just to have like that routine through the day, like we always got our school done right away in the morning before we did anything else, whether that was playing or we would go volunteer at a care center or even just kids activities that come up or going to a museum. We always got our schoolwork done first. So I think implementing that routine. But I also, we had chore charts for the kids, you know, and that just affects your home life. We had planners for school. So everybody knew exactly what to expect. And whether that's a planner, that's a paper and pencil, or maybe your kid wants a digital planner, you know, whatever that looked like for that particular child. So I think establishing those routines and having those tools in place to help you will really help you just get organized, 
maybe feel a little bit of freedom so that you aren't feeling so overwhelmed with everything that needs to be done in homeschooling, in your home, in your business. Just lay it all out so you know exactly what to expect each day. That is so good. Okay, so let's say our homeschool CEO mom is implementing all of these things, but maybe she's ready to take it to the next level. So at what point would you recommend that they start looking for somebody like you, actually hiring out in a, for an OBM position? Right, so that's a really good question. So when you're running your business, you obviously will have a point where you can't do it all on your own. And so that's when you really start to look for like those team members to help you out with the daily tasks that you've made a list. Hey, I don't need to be doing this anymore. So look for those VAs. But when you start finding that you're managing all of the tasks that you have for all of your team members, and that's taking you away from doing what you love in your business or from creating more content so that you can increase your income and you're delivering high value content, that's when you start to need, need to look for an OBM. An OBM will come in, they will help you manage your team. They will oversee the tasks that your team members are doing so that you don't have to do that. And then they're also going to just look at your systems and processes that you already have in place and try to really streamline those to make sure that they're efficient and that everything is running smoothly. So like I said, when you're feeling overwhelmed managing your team, that's the time to start looking for an OBM. Got you. And I know as an OBM, what capacity do you serve in businesses? Is it a full-time position, a part-time position? You know, I feel like there might be homeschool CEOs listening right now that says, oh, I would love to hire an OBM, but I don't maybe necessarily need them 40 hours per week. So what capacity do you generally serve in your clients' businesses? When I start with a new client, I usually work with them five hours a week, so 20 hours a month. That's a really good place to start because it gives us a chance to really get to know each other. And I actually work, we sorry, we have a three-month contract at the beginning because it really takes three months for an OBM to really get in, learn the business, really start to identify the different areas that could be streamlined, get to know the team and really start working with them. So those three months are 20 hours a month. And then after that, we have a conversation, you know, one, do we want to continue the relationship? And two, do we need to increase the hours? And maybe in some circumstances, that conversation about increasing hours has already happened, just depending on the business, but some businesses do need more. And, you know, as long as you have the capacity, then that's okay. I think that is such a good point because I feel like as homeschool CEOs, we think if we hire somebody, we have to hire them for 40 hours per week because we kind of have this all or nothing mentality a lot of times. So I think it's really important that we realize sometimes it's just taking that first step and five hours a week can make such a difference because it frees up your time to for as the business owner and the homeschooling mom to really stay in your zone of genius and only do what you can do. Exactly. And that's so important if you want your business to grow is to do the things that you love because that's your passion. And when you're pouring your passion into your business, it will continue to flourish. But if you don't have t that time, then it won't. Yes. Yes. And really implementing systems and processes and hiring somebody like you as an OBM is one of the best ways that we can reclaim our time. Exactly. And really be intentional with how we spend it. Absolutely. 
All right. So I want to touch really briefly too on your homeschooling journey. So we talked about your business and homeschooling because we're homeschool CEO. We always kind of bounce back and forth between the two topics. But if you could talk to like right now, because of just where we are in the school year, we have a lot of entrepreneurs who are considering homeschooling full-time this coming fall. What would you say to them? What is something that they can do to make homeschooling work for them? Or maybe what is something that you wish you would have known, you know, 15, 20 years ago when you started homeschooling? Yeah. So, well, one of the things we always did is, like I said, we just really focused on our school in the morning. And I, that was when I made sure I gave my kids a hundred percent of my attention. And then once we got done with our school day, we would first have like a quiet time where they would all go to their rooms, like an hour and a half to two hours of time. I would work during that time, but also because I had really focused on them and their needs in the morning, they, I think, felt filled up. And so in the afternoon, you know, we had four kids and so they played with each other. They went off and they did their own thing, which gave me the freedom to really work on the things that I needed to get done. And so I think that is really important when you're homeschooling, focus on them during that time. And then I think they get filled up and then you can focus on your business. And then also just create boundaries. Let the kids know, you know, this is school time, but this is mom's work time too. And then when you create those boundaries, they'll learn how to respect those. And maybe it's you going into a room and shutting a door and they know the door is shut, mom's working, you know. I, we need to take care of ourselves for a while. So creating boundaries is huge, I think. Oh, I agree with that a hundred percent. And I always talk, especially to new homeschool moms and reassure them it is not selfish to create boundaries. It's wisdom. Yeah. And I think it's good for the kids to learn boundaries that other people have boundaries as well. So it's good for both. I agree. That is so valuable. And I don't think we talk about that enough because I feel like as moms, we put this expectation on ourselves that we need to be everything for everybody all of the time, our clients, our kids, our spouses, if we have them, uh, you know, everybody. And the reality is that's the fastest way to overwhelm and burn out. I agree completely. <laughs> yeah. And those boundaries just help protect ourselves yeah. so that we are better leaders in our business so that we are better homeschool parents because we can't give from an empty cup and those boundaries help protect us. Exactly. Very important. So, so good. All right. And I like to ask our guests the same question as far as what are your most recommended resources? So whether they're business related or homeschool related. Yeah. So ClickUp is a project management tool and I love that for my business. And I'm not at the point in my homeschool years where I feel like I need to use that in my homeschooling, but I think it could be very applicable for homeschooling as well. So you could have a business ClickUp and you could have a homeschooling ClickUp that your kids are involved in and they're in there looking for their assignments for that day. But it's a great tool either way. Love it. And as far as homeschooling, what was your favorite resource for homeschooling? <laughs> probably Rainbow Resource. It's this catalog that is probably like three, maybe four inches thick. I haven't gotten a catalog for a long time. But I remember when I was a new homeschooler and still trying to figure out what curriculum work best for my family. I would just pour over that catalog and just, I loved looking at all the different options that I had and could try. So that was a great resource. 
I love that you said that because for (laughs) me, rainbow resource was really overwhelming. Yeah. And so I love to hear how we process things differently because what is a great resource for you? And so if somebody's listening to this podcast and they're like, oh, I really identify with her. I love systems and organization. I could see where you would just love those options and or the rainbow resource catalog is amazing resource as far as looking at what all is available. I remember the first time I looked at it, I was thinking, I didn't even know there were this many history curriculums to choose from. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. It it is huge and it can be really overwhelming. But I think if you look at it from the perspective of look at all these options that I have, you know, I can choose anything based on what fits well for my family. Well, and they do such a great job with detailing the descriptions to really give you a one-stop shop to understand the different options and just decide would this work for my family for sure. Exactly. Because it's all trial and error. So true. Just like entrepreneurship. It just exactly like entrepreneurship. Exactly. I mean, that is why I always tell entrepreneurs that that is why we make such amazing homeschool parents. We're not afraid to try something new. We're Mm -hmm. not afraid of failure. We understand that we learn through struggle and that's okay, you know, and we're okay pivoting and changing up directions when something doesn't work. And we always think outside of the box. And I think like Rainbow Resources gives you that all those options, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And we'll link that up their website here in the show notes as well for everybody. Yeah. Well, Angie, I want to thank you so much for being on the show today and tell our audience how they can connect with you online. Sure. My website is www.angieaskelson.com. And I'm also on Facebook as Angie Askelson OBM. So thanks for having me today. This has been fun. Awesome. Thank you so much. Take care. Wow. Angie brought such value to the table, didn't she? You know, I have an admission to make, and I know that we touched on it in our interview. But when I first met Angie, I had zero organization. She really helped teach me the value of systems and processes for my business. And then I translated that into homeschooling as well. She has been such a lifesaver for me. So I hope that everything we talked about today was a blessing to you. I also want to touch on the rainbow resources that we talked about and let you know that the rainbow resource catalog is an amazing resource to take so many options that are currently available for homeschooling and put them all into one book. Now, when you first see it, like Angie said, it is four to five inches thick, huge catalog, but it does save you thousands of hours of time to not have to scour the internet for every history curriculum or for every art curriculum. It gives you choices all right there. So I do recommend it. I just want you to know what it is before you go ordering it. But with that being said, I hope you again enjoyed today's episode and I would love to hear your biggest takeaway. So send me a DM on Instagram and let me know. And would you do me a favor? I know I don't ask very often for you to do something, but if you know another entrepreneur who homeschools or is considering homeschooling and you feel like the Homeschool CEO podcast would be a blessing to them, would you please share this episode? You can share it on Instagram, Facebook, in your stories. I am always so honored when our community takes the time to share our message because as you know, our mission is to reach as many entrepreneurs as possible and encourage them as they homeschool their kids and they educate the next generation of leaders that are going to change the world. And as always, again, thank you for listening and I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Hey friend, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in today. If you loved what you heard, 
please be sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I really appreciate it. And for more information on connecting with other homeschool CEOs just like you, be sure to check out our website at www.homeschoolceo.com. And as always, Team Homeschool CEO, you ladies inspire me. Thank you for always showing others what is possible. You guys are awesome. See you next week.